The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Here's what's happening. The White House placing blame on a particular insurgent group for the deadly drone attack in Jordan that killed three U.S. service members. The U.S. readying its response to that attack with a U.S. official telling ABC the retaliatory strikes will be carried out over the course of several days against multiple targets. Former State Department official Steve Ganyard. Because the president doesn't want to risk further inflaming what's going on in the region, the three separate wars that are going on within the within the region, he is going to do things that appear to be almost pinpricks. It's almost like whack-a-mole because, as we said, these very small groups, maybe there are 10 people, maybe 20 people. It's not like these are big runways and bases. It's taking time for the White House to build a target list. Iran has denied involvement in the deadly drone attack, but President Biden saying that Tehran is responsible for arming these proxy groups. A new report says this is the greatest post-pandemic challenge for schools. Nat Malkus is with the American Enterprise Institute. If you had asked me a year ago what's the biggest issue, I would have definitely said pandemic learning loss. Today, chronic absenteeism is actually the foremost issue. Rates surged from 15% in 2018 to 28% in 2022. Things did improve a bit last year, but still remained 75% higher than pre-pandemic levels. Wow. In Buffalo, discussions taking place on how to handle kids who need to be removed from the classroom. WBEN's Max Ferry has that. During the first Buffalo Common Council Education Committee meeting, the newly appointed committee chair, Councilwoman Zanetta Everhart, proposed a program to address the lack of learning that results from a child getting suspended from school. The Education Committee, as well as Buffalo Public Schools, educators and board members who were present at the meeting, heard from several students who were saying that they are not getting the help they need and are falling behind when they get back to regular classes, whether that be from in-school suspension or suspension outside the school. They said even with in-school suspension, they're literally just put in a room and that's it. And they're just left to their own devices. There is no instructor. There is no teacher in there. Yeah, they may have had homework or something like that, but there's no one there guiding them and teaching them anything throughout the day with their in-school suspension. Which is why, with the approval of Buffalo Public School Superintendent Dr. Tanja Williams, the councilwoman is launching a pilot program which will help kids not only with their work outside of school, but help them learn other valuable skills as well. I've reached out to a number of community organizations who have already said throughout the day, if there is some students who's been suspended, they are willing to take on those students throughout the school day. So that way they're not going home. They're going somewhere where they can get help with their instruction, but they also get to participate in some sort of community project. Organizations like the Buffalo Police Athletic League and Home Beneath Our Feet, organizations that already have youth programs. The councilwoman is also putting focus on promoting programs already in place for students, as well as hearing what they want in an after-school program. You can hear more at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Okay, Max, thank you. A heated hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday, the Senate Judiciary Committee accusing chief executives of Meta, that's Facebook, X, that's Twitter, TikTok, Snap, that's Snapchat, and Discord, 
all different names for the apps you know so well, of failing to protect kids who use their platforms. Grieving families packed the hearing room, holding up images of their children. They say took their own lives because of abuse on social media. Senator Josh Hawley called on the Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg to directly apologize. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? Evan Spiegel, the chief executive of Snap, also apologized after lawmakers pressed him on the issue of drugs being sold on Snap. I'm so sorry that we have not been able to prevent these tragedies. The executives emphasized their parents themselves, and they highlighted new tools on their platforms that protect kids from illegal content. A bunch more on this couple of live interviews still to come later this morning. The U.S. Postal Service releasing initial finding as its review of the Buffalo Processing and Distribution Center on William Street. The initial findings support keeping the facility, modernizing it, and also downsizing it. The process would include turning the facility into a local processing center, moving mail processing and outgoing operations to Rochester. The Buffalo facility would maintain some operations, but local mail would first go down the 90 to Rochester for processing before being sent back. A public meeting was scheduled for yesterday, but it was postponed. The Postal Service said last week it will be rescheduled in the next several weeks. Watching that closely here on WBEN, where it's 5.07 and overnight a rare bipartisan vote in the House. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle passing a roughly $79 billion tax cut package that would enhance the child tax credit for millions of families, restore several business tax breaks as well. Speaking on the House floor before the Wednesday night vote, Missouri Republican Jason Smith expressing his support for the legislation. Each of these policies will help American businesses grow, create jobs, and sharpen their competitive advantage against China. The bill passed 357 to 70, now heads to the Senate. And vacationers are on alert this week. Here's our Tom Puckett. The State Department has issued a travel advisory to the Bahamas because of an increase in crime. AAA's Elizabeth Carey says being aware of your surroundings is crucial, especially if you are not staying at a resort. If you're in a resort like Atlantis in the Bahamas, which is right near Nassau, where the issues are taking place, there's going to be high security there. But if you're staying in a rental, there might be no security at all whatsoever. So you have to be aware of that, making sure they keep the door locked. Don't answer the door unless you know who it is. WBEN 7 weather meteorologist Josh Nichols recently returned from the Bahamas. While he stayed within the secure resort, he heard of a tale from a strapping man who ventured out. He was uh, holding a beer in each hand at about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I said, you must must be starting early. It looks like you're enjoying your vacation. And he said, I'm just happy to be alive. And I kind of gave him a strange look. And he said that he had gone downtown uh, to a nightclub, and at 2 o'clock in the morning got into the cab, to be brought back to the resort, and the cab driver pulled a knife on him. Nichols and Carey say they have heard about watercraft issues as well in the Bahamas. Hear about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Yeah, we'll be talking about that travel advisory. Live interview still to come here on WBEN. And February kicks off today. It's Black History Month. WBEN taking a look at some of the rich history in our own backyard. Here's WBEN's Lucas Buckley. It's an exciting time for the Michigan Street African American Heritage Corridor as the group expands its footprint and continues to be a voice for Buffalo's African American community. The group recently moved into a brand new property, which is serving as a temporary headquarters, eventually becoming a hub for visitors of the corridor. Terry Alford is executive director for the corridor. The visitor hub will be the place where people can get information in terms of both the stories related to these anchors as well as to the community as a whole. 
Those four anchors are the Colored Musicians Club and Jazz Museum, the Michigan Street Baptist Church, the Nash House Museum, and the WUFO Black History Radio Collective. Each building is deeply woven into the story of African Americans in Buffalo. We're quite excited with this first acquisition because it's really is exemplary of the progress that we continue to make in this corridor on the east side of Buffalo. It's a big month ahead for the corridor as every Wednesday evening from 6 to 7.30, presentations will be given at the Frank E. Merriweather Library centering around the arts, culture, and history of the African-American experience across the world. The first presentation will feature retired Cornell professor Dr. Gerard Aking discussing the Michigan Street Baptist Church's ties to the Underground Railroad. WBEN will share stories all throughout February focusing on the Michigan Street African-American Heritage Corridor and its importance to the history of the city and country. I'm Lucas Buckley, WBEN.com News. All right. Thank you for that, Lucas. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Cloudy skies, breezy and cool today with a little drizzle and maybe a few flakes at times. Temperatures will be in the upper 30s. For tonight, light snow showers. Overnight lows in the upper 20s. We start with some flurries on Friday. We clear out later in the day. We're in the mid-30s. Sunshine this weekend. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line, Congressman Brian Higgins, as it's his final two days, kind of hard to believe, uh, in office, in Congress. He'll be stepping down after tomorrow, become the president of Shea's Performing Arts Center. Uh, Congressman, thanks for being with us uh, once again here. I, it, is it strange at all, you know, talking? Tomorrow's your last day in Congress. Has it kind of sunk in yet? Uh, yeah, of course. And, you know, I've been here 19 years. I've enjoyed it. It's uh, my work still challenges me and energizes me I'm in my office in the Capitol, looking over the United States Capitol. And uh, it's been a great honor and privilege. And I have nothing but gratitude in, in my heart for the people of Buffalo and Western New York for giving me this extraordinary opportunity. Do you have an opportunity before you leave to address the, the House floor and wondering if, if you do, what's the tone of what you'll have to say? I could, but I just chose not to. I think that uh, I've had plenty of time to speak on the record on the House floor on various issues, national and local issues that are important to uh, Buffalo and Western New York and to me. Uh, And uh, I'm just going quietly. And uh, I work out in the gym earlier this morning and I have a number of things to do and I'll be heading back to Buffalo this afternoon. Going quietly. Um, and is does that kind of it's almost fitting, right? Because it plays into when you announced that you were stepping down from Congress and some of the reasons why might kind of play into why, because going quietly is not how we'd maybe envision a lot of people in Congress right now stepping down or, or going out. It's always loud. It's always with, uh, you know, some sort of big announcement and they're in front of the cameras. And that hasn't necessarily been your style on the national level. Are you concerned at all that as you leave, that that way of conducting business is going out of style? Yeah, look, obviously, you know, I've been in Congress for 19 years. Things have changed, and pretty dramatically. Uh, Most of the people that are making names for themselves in Congress are making spectacles of themselves on both sides. You know, people, uh, you know, they exploit issues not to solve them, uh, but to, you know, create friend-enemy distinctions, and they monetize that as well. 
Uh, and I think, you know, what gets overlooked here is some extraordinary people that I have served with on both sides uh, that are workhorses, uh, that work together, uh, that, you know, work through the tedious process of lawmaking uh, toward the goal of advancing policy that's designed to help people, uh, not to hurt people. You know, we voted on a bipartisan bill last night, uh, $78 billion to expand the child tax credit which uh, eventually will uh, will benefit 16 million children, uh, meaning that if you were born into poverty, you don't have to live in poverty. Uh, that's a bipartisan bill, but of course, uh, it has to pass in the Senate, and there's some doubts as to whether that could occur. So, you know, the lawmaking process has never been perfect. It's never been uh, pristine, and it, it, it's 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 a result of compromise. We have 435 members of the House of Representatives. We have 100 members of the Senate. You have to get uh, same-as legislation passed in both houses before it gets out of the president. Uh, but I just think that you know the the emphasis on social media uh, and and members have used social media to monetize uh, their service uh, in Congress to vilify, uh, to demonize uh, their opponents, and I think it's worked. And I unfortunately I think it's caught on. You know, Congressman, I was thinking of all the things you've been involved with in your time in Congress. And it made me think of the Flight 3407 families. You've come to know each of them personally after that tragedy. You've lobbied for them for 15 years for aviation safety. Does this end tomorrow with your resignation? I mean, I would think it would have to be hard to make that break. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. Because, Susan, the one thing that was, I think, first of all, (laughs) those families are extraordinary. Uh, The public service that they provided to the nation uh, is extraordinary. You know, I remember distinctly, uh, it was very moving when I first met all of them in my office. They said, you know, we don't blame the pilots, even though it was pilot error that uh, was the cause of that accident. They blame the system that allowed those pilots to be in the cockpit. And that's a big statement. And on that day, 15 years ago, they said very clearly, very explicitly, that um, their efforts will not bring their loved ones back, but they want to make sure that other families don't have to endure the pain and the suffering uh, that they endured. I don't know the political affiliations of any of them. Here's what I know. They came together in a very honest, uh, courageous uh, intelligent way to basically change the trajectory of, of flight safety for the flying public. Uh, they did that. Uh, that doesn't change from the very start. That was a bipartisan, bipartisan effort. That was a bicameral effort. And each successive member of Congress that has uh, left and then a new member coming in during that 15-year period uh, had picked up uh, that issue with 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 great enthusiasm, great commitment, and that's just something that's just driven. Uh, that's in the DNA of the Western New York delegation, and that will continue uh, with you know future members of Congress as it has already. Like you said, that kind of embedded now in the DNA of the Western New York delegation. And you, it's not just those families, but it kind of has brought this up in my mind. 
you probably have a connection with a lot of people who have flown under the radar, so to speak, uh, who have really contributed a lot to public service through their advocacy from Western New York, who don't get the attention but have done so through your office. Well, that's what we're here for. You know, I never went to Congress to change the world. I went to Congress to change Buffalo and Western New York. And I'm I'm confident that we have left. I will leave Buffalo better than it was when I came to Congress uh, 19 years ago. Uh, waterfront development, downtown development, uh, the restoration of historic buildings. One of the most, you know, one of the greatest assets that we have is is architecture that is is the envy uh, of the nation and the world. Uh, every uh, architect, uh, you know, uh, Louis Sullivan, uh, Daniel Burnham, uh, uh, Richard Upjohn, uh, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, Henry Hobson Richardson, none of them were from Buffalo. They came to Buffalo because at the turn of uh, the 19th and the 20th century, Buffalo exuded a confidence. And it said to these creative people that you could get your vision turned into something real. And uh, I think, you know, when the when we, you know, the transition from the 20th century to the 21st century, we began to regain our footing uh, with respect to that kind of confidence. And, you know, it said to the community that if we don't do something uh, to change uh, the economic conditions of Buffalo and Western New York, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And. You know, the results are very, very clear. The Economist, the New York Times, the Boston Globe, uh, Fortune Magazine, People Magazine uh, have all done feature stories extolling the virtues of the new Buffalo. For the first time in uh, 50 years, the population of young Buffalo is increasing, not decreasing. Uh, The fastest growing neighborhood in Western New York is downtown Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo has been the talk of the nation. Uh, Most recently, Zillow has said that uh, it's anticipated the hottest real estate market in America will be Buffalo, New York. Reader's Digest, which I didn't even know was a thing anymore, I used to read it as a kid, uh, said that Buffalo is the kindest city in America. Well, it's not just kind, it's it's good, it's honest, it's hardworking, it's authentic. And I think that's what they meant. And, uh, it, you know, and people should take heart. In it, from Buffalo and Western New York, knowing that the rest of the world and the rest of the country looks, us up, looks at us with great envy, with great admiration. And we should you know, allow that confidence to, uh, to, to, to instill itself in all of us, because when you have a confident community, you challenge the limits of what is possible. You have confidence uh, in the future. And I am just you know, very, very uh, optimistic about uh, about Buffalo and Western New York. Well, Congressman, thank you for being accessible to us over all these years, and best of luck in your new role with Shays. Yeah, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, uh, everybody at WBEN for uh, offering me, you know, uh, 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 an outlet to, to to talk about these issues. Congressman Brian Higgins joining us. Last day in Congress is tomorrow before he steps down for that new role in Shays. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.